Welcome to another episode of the Jordan High 2004 podcast. I'm Gonzo, and there's no Steve tonight. Um, it's just me. But this is going to be a double episode, and Steve will be here for the second part. Today we have John and Amy Prue. Uh, Amy used to be Gunderson. Um, I'm going to stop kind of hiding the guest um, from from you. I mean, it's we talk about him as, as if you don't know who it is, but obviously it's the episode title, so you, you've you read who's going to be on and saw their little picture. Um, so, yeah, John and Amy Prue, we had a great conversation, uh, so you're really going to enjoy it. And uh, But before we go with them, do, do I sound a lot better today? What do you guys think? If I do, it's because um, we got a new microphone donated by... West Jordan Dental. So I guess this is sponsored content now. Um, this week's sponsor, West Jordan Dental, uh, for all your dental needs. And we also have a second sponsor, I guess you could say, for donating a digital recorder for us. Donated by the coolest kid in school, John Williams. Um, he reached out to us after the first or second episode um, saying that he really liked the podcast and he wanted to help out and gave us a whole bunch of ideas and donated a digital recorder. So thanks, John, and um, it's working, I think, so uh, hopefully we sound better this episode. But I won't stall. Um, here's our, um, my conversation with John and Amy Prue. John Prue and Hi. Amy Prue, formerly Amy Gunderson. Amy Prue for the last 16 years. I'm so happy to, uh, we were talking before we started recording, but I'm so happy to, to see you guys' faces. It's been a while. It's been a long time. I wanted to tell you guys, I don't know if I, I mean, you two are my best friends. I think as a, as a couple, you two have been my friends for like a super long, super long time. And I think my best friends, like, of all time, too. So, same, same. Like, we just have so many, so many things that we've done together. Like, we've gone through so much, and I, like, I can't imagine somebody who I've had more fun with, in from Mr. Collier's geometry class till, <laughs> till today. Yeah, I mean, I even wanted to sell both of our houses and like start a or a real estate investment company <laughs> with you, just so we like, can like spend more time together. <laughs> build a little like commune. I mean, we're not like cultists or anything, but <laughs> yeah, a little live like, in a live in a compound. Yeah, just like you know, individual houses. Like have a little <laughs> cul-de-sac to ourselves. You know, I know. Be nice. You know what? And I was thinking like. If we would have done it, we would have made good money too. Because oh, like the, it, how the real estate market has like exploded, it's just down like, here in St. George, insane. It's insane. There's like less than two hundred houses for sale right now. Yeah, it's and crazy. there's like five agents per house listing. Has your like your value totally shot up? Oh yeah. We went to do a refinance this last week. And we're like, do we need to get an appraisal? And the guy's like, you can just tell us what your house is worth. 
<laughs> I'm sure someone from California would be willing to pay for that, that for yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> That's we, crazy. We, it's true. We've met a couple. Amy did this last week. She met a couple of families that just moved in from California. And they're like, everything's super cheap here. And you're like, I don't know. Seems like, like 600 grand for a house is a lot to me. I know, right? It's crazy. And the thing is, I think, I mean, I personally think it's unsustainable. Like, I think yeah. we're in for two years of a bull market this way and then we'll have either a huge correction or like the house market crash like the heart the house market is going to crash again yeah, like, like 2008 all over again yeah but it's crazy so yes i did want to sell both our houses and like or like sell it to an llc and then start like buying property together i think the thing is what what we didn't have is like a rich daddy like capital someone, exactly yeah. someone that could be like we were we've always been too poor <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if we would have had someone that's just like give us a fifty thousand dollar loan and just like here do it like so, then then would be we we would have paid it back already so funny enough my cousin michael you remember mike yeah, yeah. he uh he's made like the same offers with me and i'm like i know that if I get Mike and Gonzo and me, we could totally be empire <laughs> of real estate. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. just wishful thinking, but <laughs> I know that's we just needed that a rich daddy seed money, and we could we could have made it work. But absolutely, we can still we can still be friends even though we're not we don't own a business together. <laughs> oh no, we definitely <laughs> should figure something out in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you can invest in a. My podcast. <laughs> yeah. I heard that you're getting affiliates now. <laughs> this episode's brought this to you episode by brought to you by uh, John and Amy's Proof side hustle business. That's right. <laughs> Got that Dogecoin. <laughs> um, so let's start with uh, Amy. Why don't you tell us tell us who you were when you were in high school when you were a teenager? Oh man, I don't, I honestly, that's a really tough one. I don't, I didn't see myself at all, actually. I don't know. I associated myself with other people, I feel like, that I was around. And I, when I was in high school, I just was there for the limited amount of time possible. And then I would leave. And that was it. How did, uh, so it's like, you saw yourself as, you describe yourself as with the people that you were with? Is that what you're saying? Like, Describe that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I was invisible. I feel like I just didn't see myself. I just, I don't know. That's a, I have no idea. What were you like into? What were your interests then? You know, I, I, I haven't changed much. I have really hard time figuring out what I like, what I want to do. I just, I didn't really have any interests. I would go to work and I would hang out with John and then I would go to school and that was it. What was it like before me? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a valuable question. Yeah, yeah. I want to know. Um, we want to know, Amy. I don't know. When you were younger, before high school, you used to hang out with Bonnie. Yes. That was Bonnie, one of your best friends. Bonzo's wife was my best friend in sixth and seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. Yeah, it was for like a lot of time. So I, yeah, I hung out with Bonnie a lot. I don't know what we did. I don't even know what we did. Watch Animaniacs or something? Yeah, I would go to her house in the morning and watch Animaniacs. I don't know. I don't know. When you 
did you ever think about yourself back then? Like, do you, did you think about your, like who you wanted to be or who you, like who you thought you were? No, I think like a, I feel like I like wanted to rebel a lot. Like I never wanted to do what anybody told me and that's why I married John and I was kidding. But yeah, it's I, true. We got married super yeah. young. Did you rebel? Did you feel like? Oh yeah, I felt like I didn't like want to be anything, but I didn't want to do anything. I was just like into like just rebelling a lot. I don't know, but no. I mean, between the two of us, you're the only one who's been handcuffed by a police officer. Right. <laughs> 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 well, how did that happen? <laughs> you don't. You don't story. have to go into it's that. But I, it was at gunpoint, <laughs> which is cool to say that it was like. Guns were pointed at me, and I was handcuffed by the police officer. But it would, it's a really, really lame story, it's super so we'll lame. just leave it at that. <laughs> but so that, but I'm still trying to pin it down of who you felt you were when you were. You didn't like school. You wanted to rebel, and you maybe you did rebel a little bit. Did you feel yourself like? Did you think yourself as a fun person? Did you think yourself as a like? I felt like for a long time I was like too nerdy and I didn't, I feel like I didn't fit in with anybody, but I feel like that was just like my train of thought. Like it wasn't really that I didn't fit in, but it was like, I didn't try to fit in with anybody. Like I felt nobody likes me. This person doesn't want to be friends with me. They won't even want to. So why should I even bother type of thing? So like, like that was just it. Like I just pushed myself away from everybody. Like, nobody's really going to actually like me anyways type of thing. So I don't know. Was... But I think you found like your real people at work, not at high school. Yeah, for sure. I, I felt like, I, yeah, I was more myself when I was working. Where were you working? My friends there. At Jordan Commons. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Little, little movie theater. Some people it's might know. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so were, were you, do you think that's, like an insecurity that you just thought or you just thought people were already going to judge you or yeah. and I mean you've always been kind of shy right to begin with yeah yeah and I felt like I was I wasn't shy until I moved about sixth grade and then um I don't know I had a really hard time making new friends and a lot of people were kind of rude to me. So ever since then, I just kind of pushed myself away from people like, you know, automatically just was really insecure after that and still am. But. Yeah. But okay, but what's changed? So what's different today from, from then? Do you feel, do you still have a hard time fitting in? Do you? I do. I, I feel like I've changed a lot sometimes that I feel, you know, obviously I think everybody has a, I'm the same person, but I feel like I definitely put myself out there more. I feel like I always like think about other feelings more, other people's feelings more than myself, which actually kind of helps because you're always wondering, you know, how's this person do, or you're always reaching out to other people more and kind of more interested in their life, which makes them like kind of like want to get to know you more I feel like yeah. I don't know so you put yourself out there what else so what else has changed like I said I really it's hard because 
I don't know. I, I have a hard time listening to, I honestly have hard, a hard time listening to your podcast specifically because I compare myself a lot to the people you've interviewed before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like Rafi's a scientist and like Missy's done all these amazing things with her life and all that, you know, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what have I done? You know, I've, I've had kids and I've gotten married and like, that's it, you know, like, so it's been hard for me to kind of reflect on myself and then like, who am I? I don't even know. Like I, I still struggle today. Yeah, I mean, in 20 what years, is... do you feel like in 20 years, what are the lessons that you've learned being, I mean, your marriage, I don't think many people in our grade, I think a few people got married this close out of high school, but the people who did, uh, I don't think are still married. So it's like you guys have been married for 16 years. It's like what have what are the lessons that have come from that? And you have like yeah, a 13 year old son. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like yes. what what have I you have, learned? With the marriage around? stuff, I have grown a lot as far as just like learning to get along with somebody about being really patient and it's knowing that you know relationships are you constantly have to be working towards them like there can't be a second where you're like you always have to put that person first and hope that they put you first you know and that's that's how you make it work what do you think your your top lessons as a mom that you've uh, learned like from being a mom gosh this is like way tough (laughs) I learned that our parents had no answers and we have no answers either. Like I constantly talk about how there are no actual grownups. It's just people who pretend to (laughs) better than the other person. And like, Oh yeah, that guy, he knows, like we're all waiting for that person to step up and be like, I know the answer. And then when they say something, everybody kind of gravitates towards that. Like, yeah, 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 that guy, he, he knows what's going on. Let's follow him around for a moment. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I think you've done a lot in the years. It's uh, it's not easy being a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. It, it, no, I think it drives hard. people a little crazy. No, and it's, it's not for everyone. I know that some people have an easier time at it than others. It's tough. It's really hard. Um, but I mean, if I, I've known you this whole time, so I think personally, you've been coming out of your shell a lot more in the last, like today, you are way more open than that. You were a lot more closed off than maybe when we first met and yeah. then, than you are now. I feel like you're a lot more open and not just with me but with like um you guys had a group of friends in your in your um uh, townhouse neighborhood before and yeah. i feel like you were open with those guys and like laughing and having a good time yeah. but, which is something that before you would have only just just been yeah. right, right next to john um, oh yeah for sure no i think for a long time i think that's been our thing like amy didn't have like a, a group per se and when we dated and got married like she just joined our group yeah. like 
uh, you know, we talk about silly stories that we had from that time, like, you know, Gus would be at our house, like, at my house, and Amy's at my house, and we're all just hanging out, we go to, like, training table together, we, like, Amy was just part of the group that we kind of, like, adopted her into. I think with that group of friends we had at our townhome, like, we were very lucky and fortunate that all the husbands got together and were good friends and all the wives were good friends and we all like really clicked really well and uh, I don't know it's Amy I always think is a very quiet person and I do most of the talking if anybody's hung out with us for more than 30 minutes yeah. uh, like sitting through this I'm like come on Amy you can do this <laughs> and I'm like trying so hard to be quiet <laughs> I know. I, I keep looking at him and be like, tell me, save me. <laughs> and I think a lot of our relationships been that way where it's like, we, we're very different in a lot of ways, but like, I fully agree that like, Amy and I had like a huge fight when we first got married. And it was a decision that we made at that time of like, we either have to like, make and I think she said it really well, like you, you make that other person the number one in your life and you hope they make that same choice about you. And uh, I think we constantly think about each other more than we think about ourselves. And uh, it's funny because like this interview, uh, Amy would not do it on her own. <laughs> like, no, no, she's no. like terrified to, <laughs> to do it. And it's funny because like, it's Gonzo, like, and Steve, and these are people we've known forever, and we love you guys. And if you were over at our house just talking, there would be no nervousness. But, like, right now I think she's... Well, like, I think I always nervous to talk about myself, even if it was just, like, us. Probably, you know? yeah. I would, like, move the conversation to somebody else or to you or, you know... Not keep the focus on her so much. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying. So, Amy, do we have any beef? No, we don't have any beef. I have no beef with you. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, here's my beef. Okay. So, <laughs> so excited. <laughs> this is um, old beef. Is the okay. section of our podcast when we talk about some um, issue or or beef that we had and we try to hash it out. And this one I'm gonna make kind of about myself, but it's something. It's beef with you, Amy. So, this is maybe 2005, maybe 2006. And so I don't know how much you guys know. I, I suffer from depression. It's not like debilitating de depression, but I will get in a funk and sometimes be in a funk for a long time. And this is, so I had turned 19 and I had put in papers to serve a mission but at that time when it got, it actually got rejected. So it got sent back saying like, we're not issuing mission calls to illegal immigrants. So you can't go on a mission. And I remember. I, so, so that, that, and it was actually, so really hard for me to go to school at the same time too. So I was working sort of, but it was actually really hard to work too. And I was, I think, in the deepest depression that I had ever been in my life. And 
you guys had been married for a little bit. I don't think you had moved. You soon after you guys ended up moving, but mm-hmm. you guys said like w- let's go on a double date and you and John and I think it was your friend Amy that you guys set me up with and I was very we, we went we went to Red Lobster and um I remember being very rude and it was because at that time I was very depressed it was like I wasn't leaving the house and this is back when so my parents had actually lost our their their house and we were living in an apartment I don't know if you guys remember that yeah and, I do um yeah and I was just I, I think I ignored her the whole night and I'm sure you guys like talked me up and saying like hey go on a, <laughs> go guy, on the flight date with this guy he's great and then I was really like I, I don't think I I don't remember her name I didn't talk to her I ended up just talking to John the whole time and just ignoring her and I'm I'm sure that you guys had to apologize after saying like I don't even remember that it, night so so the thing that I kind of remember is you have a very bad allergy to shellfish yes and you were like not happy that we were going to Red Lobster. You're but like, you know what? But any, I think I would have been, I would have had a better attitude, and I would have been, and I think I can be charming if I, if I want to, but I wasn't, and I didn't even try that night. And I'm, I think she was your friend, Amy. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh no, that's funny because I don't even remember. <laughs> I, like, She's not your friend anymore, though. I don't know. Probably, <laughs> Maybe like, it was that night. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just I'm like, sure. She's just like... She doesn't like Gonzo, and we don't like <laughs> yeah. We We always stick by our boy Gonzo. Over, like, nobody's got a closer friendship. So yeah, I mean... That person's but, trash and dead to us now. <laughs> but I'm sorry, because I think I put you guys in a bad position because of it. But. I, I would never think that. Um, I do have a funny memory of you. Let's hear it. Okay. So I don't remember where we were. I remember I was sitting next to you in the car. I don't remember where we were going. But next to me or John? Huh? You were sitting next to me or next to John? Sitting next to you. Okay. So if John was on the other side, I was in the middle. You were on the other side. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I think my breath stinks. Like, I probably shouldn't talk to you. And I was like, I'm not sure. And you're like, here's how you know. And you like, grabbed my hand and, and like licked it and then you're like oh, you smell it like, you smell it and then if it stinks then you know your breath stinks it's your <laughs> wrist you're right yeah. you just lick yeah. right on your wrist and we if you never it, forgot that lesson you smell it then you know like your breath stinks it's always stuck with me That's great. It still works. Now you know your breath stinks all the time. If you're wearing a mask, I feel like I'm wearing a mask and you're like, oh my gosh, my breath stinks so bad. I have some beard oil that I put in that's like a it's like a vanilla smell. And like there's nothing better than having a mask with that fresh on. But yeah, if you have had a garlicky lunch, you know right away. The I was doing a barbecuing class and they did smoked brussels sprout yeah so i tried and it was during COVID that we were taking these classes so you had to wear a mask 
I remember trying these smoked Brussels sprouts wrapped in bacon, and they were pretty good. Like, I'm not a big Brussels sprout guy. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And then I had a little belch while my mask was on <laughs> and nearly died. It was the worst smelling, like, sulfur close to your face, and you couldn't escape it. It was just stuck there for the rest of the class. I, I wouldn't recommend doing that. All right, so, John... Tell me, tell me who you were when you were in high school. I've been thinking about this a lot, um, listening to the podcast. And the person that I thought I was, I always wanted to be number one. Like, I always wanted to be the guy. I wanted to be the person that, like, was respected and loved and people always liked. And... I just really wasn't that person. Like that wasn't who I was on the inside. It wasn't, I don't think other people looked at me that way, but I always, that was like the thing that I craved was to be accepted by people. A big part of, I think who I was and still am has to go back to like my, my, my parents. Um, they split when I was really young. Uh, I always kind of felt left out because of that, like, I remember, so I have a lot of memories of our group. Like, uh, I remember when I first met Steve was in football for junior league football. And I remember always kind of having a hard time with that group because I never knew what it was like to be into sports or like have a team that you followed. Cause I never really like, it seemed like everybody's dad has their team and yeah. like they, they kind of like, Oh yeah, this is the team that we, at this house, this is who we watch and who we support. And like, I never really had that. And so it was like, I would visit my friends, like in my neighborhood, I had some really good friends, but I always felt like without that relationship of my dad being around, I like, felt like I was always outside of the group and not really fully into it. And so like in high school, I remember it was like a whole new world because you go from elementary school to middle school and it kind of gets, your world gets a little bit bigger. But then in high school, your world, I felt got really huge, especially in our high school. I, I think I started to find a person that I liked being more in high school when when I finally found people that didn't really care who I was or like whatever my situation was, I think I kept like my arm's distance away from all my friends for a lot of it. I don't think you guys like ever came over to my house except for maybe a dozen times. Most of my memories are at my friends' houses, not at mine. And, uh, you know, I, I think back to like... Why do you feel you didn't? you push people away or you were didn't have people over at your house? Well, I was always embarrassed by it. Like now that I'm older, I think I kind of recognize some of the things that were going on in my life and a lot of things that were going on in say like my mom's life. You were talking about your beef with Amy's kind of stemmed from a depression episode. And I kind of think that, you know, that was something that I always suffered with, not to a point that I couldn't do things, but a point where I always doubted myself. I think that was something that my mom dealt with too. And 
I was always kind of just embarrassed to have anybody come in and be that close. Cause it was like, if they saw what my life was really like, they wouldn't want to be around me. And uh, it, was, it was a thing that I legitimately had a hard time dealing with. It was so much easier for me to go to somebody else's house and fit in with their family and group than to have them come to my house and see what was behind our curtain. Yeah. So who do you feel, uh, what's changed? Um, well, I've had, I think one of the biggest things that's changed is just realizing that so many people have similar feelings about themselves as I've had. I don't think that like I ended up being like, I didn't feel like it as an adult. Now I don't feel like it was a special case. What I was going through. Like I didn't, I, I don't feel like I was like an oddball as much as I felt like everybody has times where they don't look at themselves the best. And everybody has hard times. And now that I'm older, it's kind of like, it kind of makes me feel better in the fact that like, man, like we all kind of have our struggles and we all have things that we like kind of hid from the world. But now that we're older, we kind of like are more willing to express those things and kind of laugh at our tragedies. Like I can make uh my cousins, it's really funny. I live down here and work with a lot of my cousins and they have what I would call like the outstanding parents, the parents that are like the model parents for, for, you know, being just absolute great people and yeah. always raising their kids the best. And it's funny to like tell stories about like some of the crazy bizarre things that we went through and just watch their faces and be like, oh my gosh, like, this is a real tragic story. How are you telling it? And like, my brother and I will just be laughing about it. Cause like, it was something that we, we lived through and got over and now we can just laugh about it. But at the time it was something that I was really ashamed and scared of and like, felt like I wouldn't be accepted. I couldn't be the thing I wanted to be if people knew who I really was. But now that I'm older, I feel like none of that matters. I feel like you can just own what you did and who you were and people will either laugh along with you or they'll like that who person. cares? Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter, like whatever. Oh. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things that's changed. What have you learned? I mean, besides um, that, just, I mean, you were, you're saying it's as a kid, you don't think that everybody's insecure, right? Or that everybody has their own issues. But then as a grown up, you've learned that, you know what, actually everyone does have issues. Like, oh, yeah, there are a few people that have, you know, it's like their perfect family is or whatever. But even then, it's sometimes it's just like outward facing perfect. And even they have issues that they're dealing with that, that people don't know about. Yeah, like I, I really appreciated your guys' interview with Missy Moss. Like, she was always a person that I really looked up to and thought was like such an awesome person. And to hear her talk about her struggles with anxiety and was one of those things that's like, man, I think I related to her more than I thought because the picture that I had in my head of these people, you know, was probably on a pedestal. And I 
kind of shied away from a lot of people that I held in that kind of regard. And so it's very comforting as an adult now to like kind of relate to people on, on the things that were our insecurities and how silly it kind of was to like put that as a thing that was so important as a thing that you actually like, for me, like pushed people away and kept them out of when, you know, 20 years later, none of that stuff matters. Like, yeah, there's probably a lot of opportunities I missed out on because I was so insecure with myself that just didn't need to be cool. Do we have any beef? Um, with you, when God was Gonzo, there was, um, no, not really. Like all I, I can remember that you've done for me in my life as has brought me to be a person who just wants to be more friendly and caring and carefree. Um, I don't know if you remember how we met, but I still remember how we met. And it was Mr. Collier's geometry class. Cause our uh, algebra what, teacher, algebra yeah. two. Yeah. 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 And, uh, he always had his finely quaffed chest hair <laughs> poking out of his shirt. And you and I did not know each other, but we both really liked the Jackie Chan adventures. <laughs> Doing that voice, I think, is problematic now. <laughs> yeah, so we won't repeat what Uncle sounded like. But we, I, we could just hear it in the hallways at Jordan High School, just echo. And it was like, this is a person that I need to be friends with. Like, whenever I looked at you, I always thought, man, this guy really just is not worried about anything. And I, I felt like I gained a lot more confidence having you as a friend. That's, you know what, uh, and that's funny because obviously I wasn't, I had tons of stuff going on and wasn't super confident either. But uh, as far as you and me, I felt like I could be as nerdy or as geeky as <laughs> I can and like you weren't gonna judge me and in fact you're like mm, i'm kind of into that <laughs> so it's just yeah. like if it was like japanese cartoons which are like mm, yeah i watch japanese cartoons like me too <laughs> and, or, <laughs> go, like, whatever comic book video game or whatever it was we'd be hanging out on saturday and i'd be like we need to get home because Roroni kenshin comes on <laughs> in like 30 minutes i'm not missing that yeah, and you got me into, you know, Samurai Jack and a whole bunch of other stuff I love and big uh, Batman graphic novels or whatever it oh, is. Oh, man. So. I, uh, like I say, I think that was a big thing for us. I mean, we got into arguments over whether teleporting was time traveling <laughs> or skipping through space. And uh, we summed that argument up by being like, well, the, the time thing. age in Final Fantasy <laughs> Tactics was teleporting. And like, I don't know, we were arguing about the ring, how she like, did she skip through time or did she teleport? And we ended up being like, it's the same thing. <laughs> doesn't matter, they're the same, it's the same thing. Um, all right, so here's my beef with you. So I don't know if you guys listened to my episode when I was talking about how I get tunnel vision. So when I, when I get an idea inside of my head, I... Like, I will only connect the dots to complete whatever thing is in my head to do. And I will test, like, 
it is yeah it's like tunnel so everything else kind of fades away and my goal becomes the only thing I think about so this was I had maybe bought an old Super Nintendo or I had found an old Super Nintendo but I didn't have all the components so I was scouring the DI I was scouring thrift shops to try to find the thing like the component that I needed to get the Super Nintendo going and I remember I, th I was like I think John in his closet has a whole bunch of wires and stuff and, <laughs> and I bet I think I saw that connection there so it must have been I don't know I think it was probably during the summer and it was it wasn't super late at night but it was getting late but I was just like, I either called you or just went up to your house and I'm like, hey, can I, uh, can I look through your closet? And I don't know what happened, but, or I don't remember exactly how it did, but I remember kind of like looking through quickly, but you were either super tired or you're like, didn't want us there. You're like, get out of here. And I remember, I thought that you were just joshing, but you actually got like really upset and we like, it started resting or something. And I still like, it took a while for me to figure out, it's like, Oh no, he's serious. And then your mom's like comes downstairs. She's like, "I'm gonna call the cops or whatever." But um, I remember this night. I was gonna. I actually didn't bring it up as our beef, but I think it would be the only beef we ever had. But like, because I remember we were like very heated wrestling. Like it wasn't like, oh, this is so. Funny. Well, the one thing it's is like, like it took me. So I was like ha haing. But you were very serious, and then it took like I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's really serious. So then I like started getting serious about it. Yeah. But either either way, like I didn't know. I think you had been working a long time, or there was something going on that you were. I think it just comes down to like you were peeking behind my curtain, and I was not okay with that. Like I, I did not want you because like. My room was always a mess. It was like probably two feet of laundry everywhere in my room. And I was like so embarrassed and ashamed to have you guys like in my house and looking through basically my piles of trash. And like, it was like, it came down to like, that was just me like being super unrealistically like defensive over something that you guys probably didn't even think about or care about. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I should have though. I should have noticed that you were feeling uncomfortable or something like that. But I was just thinking. All I thought about is I want to find this wire, you know, so that <laughs> I can plug this old Super Nintendo to my TV. But so I'm sorry. I should have. Been, oh, I should have been think, more like aware. Uh, well, I think the thing is, is like that clearly wasn't a thing that mattered in our relationship as friends, like. Yeah, it didn't it matter was, to me, but... I remember, like, we were, like, super... At the end of that, it was, like, really heated. But, like, immediately the next day, we were hanging out, and it was like nothing ever happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's, like, one of the best things that I appreciated with the, the group we have, um, even to today, is, like, we just... Our, our friendship was more important than, like, a disagreement. And uh, it's something that, like, that I've kind of cherished. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and I really appreciate both you and Amy, I feel like, for a long time, 
while I was, you know, while I didn't, for the time that I didn't go on a mission, we spent a lot of Sunday nights I would go over and we'd play chess or we'd, all three of you, all three of us lay in your bed and watch TV together. Um, <laughs> which, it, you know, for a newly, a newly married couple, it's just, you guys were very nice to say, <laughs> like, okay, I guess to let me be like, over for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were, we were family that we chose and not necessarily were born with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, we've never not considered you part of the family, not in like a weird, you were in our bed watching <laughs> how I met your mother way, but we did, we were, we just like, we, we didn't, once we got, once I got out of high school and grew up a little bit, I just didn't have that same sense of like, you can't come into my space. I, I was like, whatever, like, we're just going to have fun and hang out. Like, and we did, we had, I think some of the like funnest times. And I remember when you went on your mission and came home, like, I remember like your parents always loved Amy, <laughs> like always loved when we would come over and visit and like say hi, like your family, like your parents were like just some of the nicest people to us. And, uh, we ended up not living very far away from them for a little while when they moved into the, the apartments. And like, man, I just think about, I wish at those times when I was younger, I was way less defensible about what my situation was and would was able to like not worry about that. And so when we were, you know, 19 20 years old i kind of didn't care about that anymore i was like i don't need to like impress anybody i don't have to like always try to be that the number one guy like i could just be me and like the people that were in my life like they can just we can just all hang out like we can all just there wasn't any secrets at that point and i felt like that was a big turning point in how i see myself today is because we we would just hang out like i remember that we were just talking about this earlier about how we remember very much when you first started dating bonnie and you were like i got some big big news for you <laughs> <laughs> like oh man what could be going on and he was like i made out with bonnie last night and then you just skipped out of the house like is he really leaving us on that and like oh my gosh and then it wasn't very, it didn't feel like very long after you guys were getting married. And like, I remember when we visited your house for the first time, uh, you had that apartment that was kind of like, the I wouldn't South say Sun like- The Lake apartment in a really sketchy neighborhood? Yes. Yeah, it was, it was like, you know, we made sure we locked the doors to the car. <laughs> but like, I remember, and this is like, really embarrassing but like i just think it's hilarious i have ibs now as an adult and i remember we had just got done eating and there was no fan in your bathroom the bathroom was like in the living room it was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like basically the same room and it was like the demonic noises that came out of my body like 
You guys probably, I so, remember walking out and you guys all just stared at me. <laughs> yeah, all of us were, could hear everything that was going on in that bathroom. So it's like, we're sitting in the living room and just like, the conversation got quiet and all of a sudden we're hearing like, like I finally have like gone to a doctor and take a pill now and my life has been so much better. And it's silly because like, it just sucks getting old, but <laughs> what, what are you going to do? You go to the doctor, you take a pill, and uh, you don't scare all of your friends when you visit. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we now our place has bathroom in discreet areas of the house, so they're not, <laughs> they're not adjacent to the living room. <laughs> yeah, you, you just, you, you know, it, it's, it's stuff that, like, it's just funny, like, yeah, you go through it and you have whatever issue in your life and like you can either let it be the thing that drives you or you can laugh about it. Like I just have chosen to laugh about it now. That's great. It's been so good to see you guys um, and talk and talk to you. I miss you and ever since you guys moved to St. George um, and hope to see you guys again soon. But yeah. thanks for sitting with me for a while and, and talking. Yeah. It's, it's like you said at the beginning, we you just have been one of my personal best friends for as long as I can remember us knowing each other. Um, Amy got kind of like pulled into this group and I think that our friendship is like something that I constantly hold as a, as a thing I value in my life. So it's, it's uh, we miss you too. We wish we weren't so far apart. And Amy, I think you're my best friend, too. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you always look so good at me. Can you not make me feel left out? <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Well, uh, happy Mother's Day, and we'll, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Okay. So I just got done talking to John and Amy. Usually this is the time where Steve and I go over the interview and talk about it a little bit. We're going to save that for part two of the, um, our conversation with John and Amy. But I do want to just quickly say, if you want to be on the podcast, send us an email at jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com. Um, you know where to listen. Uh, we have a, a voice memo, uh, a story from Brady Levitt. Um, so we'll drop the, that at the end of this episode. But thanks for listening and... We'll catch you again. We'll do so this week. We'll do the. It'll be a three episode week. So you'll we'll get the second part of um, John and Amy either Wednesday or Thursday. So hope you guys had a good Mother's Day and thank you for listening. Bye. So I was listening to the podcast episode from Missy Moss, who is awesome, by the way, uh, and her beef that Mister Steamblick was a crappy choir teacher made me just almost die laughing but it made me remember we were at some all-state choir competition of some kind maybe we were on like a choir tour uh and we're sitting there performing and i don't remember who it was but one of the one of the sopranos or altos uh passed out on the second right, like the second step of the risers and like fell and just completely face planted on this, on the floor. And we were all like in the middle of the song and looking at her and like wondering what to do. And Mr. Steamblick 
was like doing like like angry eyes like like look at me look at me look at me don't look at her look at me look at me and like i guess a couple of the moms who had come to a chaperone the trip went and had to go collect uh this poor girl off of the stage uh but yes that angry that that's what missy's episode reminded me of is that angry terrified look of mr steamplick uh trying to keep control of a uncontrollable situation so i think the moral of the story is Sometimes you just have to let the week drop and leave them behind.